All right, welcome back to the Gospel for Life. I am one of your hosts, uh, Pastor Josh Bells from the Well Church. With me, as always, Pastor Jonathan Van Hoogen from Day Spring Reformed Church. It's good to be here. It's good to have you. It's good back. To, I think blue is a good color on you, by the way. Oh, thank you very I much. I think it's your I, power I, color. It's better than the uh, <laughs> the the rodeo pink. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> and then uh, Pastor Russ Herman from. Cloverdale Reformed Church. Glad you're here today. Uh, it's good to be here. We don't have any special guest host. There are no the st- <laughs> special people in the room today. It's just us. Well, that's okay. Um, we are going to talk about um, a fairly serious uh, topic today. Um, the book of Ecclesiastes in chapter 3 begins by saying, For everything there is a season and a time for every matter under heaven. A time to be born and a time to die. And then in verse 4, a time to weep and a time to laugh. And as you know, if you've listened to this show more than 30 seconds, we actually do quite a lot of laughing on the show, and we enjoy that. Um, but we are going to talk about um, the sorrows and, and pains and difficulties in life. And um, this is something as pastors that we have quite a bit of experience with. I mean, if someone is dying, generally, generally they're going to call you know their immediate family, maybe hospice care, and then their pastor. Mm-hmm. And so uh, we deal with a lot of these trials on a regular basis. Uh, life on this side of eternity can be difficult, full of pain and discouragement and loss. So how do we live in light of all this? How do, what do we conclude from our sorrows? Did, did something go wrong? So why don't we start there? Um, as we are going through um, the dark valley, uh, the, the first thing that we need to recognize, especially as Christians, and, and maybe exclusively as Christians, is that we, we need to know that it, it helps that someone understands. If we think that no one understands the pain and trials that we're going through, then it actually adds to the sorrow. So there, there's our segue. What, what, comfort can we go, uh, what comfort can we draw from that? Well, if you're looking for someone who knows your sorrows, first of all, you have to recognize that God does and I go to the I go to the psalmist um, reminding me that even my tears are important to him. It says in Psalm fifty six, eight, you have kept count of my tossing, put my tears in your bottle. Are they not in your book? And uh, it essentially it's a reminder that uh, you know God God is identifies with what we're going through. Uh, this psalmist is expressing a, um, grief and, uh, and deep sorrow, and uh, as he comes to the Lord, he's asking God in that, in Psalm 56, be gracious to me, O God. Um, but really, uh, ultimately, he's, his prayer is for uh, a sustaining grace as he goes through a difficult time. Yeah. Um, this is a, a little bit of a, a side note here, but hopefully it will all come back together in the end. I have five children, and one of them is uh, my youngest girl is is very Greek, very emotional, um, and so in her growing up years, um, she cried quite a bit. Um, she cried sometimes when she was hurt. She cried when she was frustrated. It's just part of her personality, and so when I would be trying to comfort her, um, I would say to her, I would quote the verse that Jonathan just read that God stores all of these tears in in bottles, and then I would just say to her, 
if you keep it up, there's not going to be room for daddy in heaven because there's going to be too many bottles. <laughs> and then she would start to giggle and um, she would feel better. But it was always a picture that for me was so meaningful that in the midst of our hurt or frustration or whatever it was that was causing the tears, what the psalmist is saying, whether he literally collects our tears in a bottle, isn't really the point. The point is he knows and he is aware of that moment in, in the life of his child. Yeah. The, the following verse says, this I know, God is for me. Mm-hmm. And this, God is for me. You know, what, it, what we're going through, God is alongside of us during those difficulties. And, uh, uh, you know, this is, you know, in the New Testament, it ref- references that we're able to comfort others with the comfort that God gave us. Uh, you know, we go through things and we wonder why we gave through th- and go through them, but very often we go through them so that we can help others who are going through that same thing and direct them to um, God who is for us and not against us. Uh, this morning, um, you, you brought me a book because um, I'm about to start He's Exodus. pointing to me. Yeah, sorry. So I, I, I if forgot, you missed that on the radio. I forgot this is not video. <laughs> Because yeah. um, we do so many shows, you know, we're, we're interviewed all over the nation. Um, anyway, um, but yeah, Pastor Russ brought me a book because I'm going to start Exodus this week. Um, and one of the uh, endearing, um, in, uh, yeah, endearing things about the book of Exodus is that here the, the children of Israel were slaves for 400 years. And the, the first chapter uh, and, and really the second chapter uh, of Exodus unpack all of their pain. Their babies were being thrown um, to to the alligators and the, the crocodiles in the Nile, uh, they, their slavery was was so intense that that uh, Pharaoh's main aim was just to to um, suppress them and as a people. And at the end of chapter two, it says that their cry. So th- this is Israel. They're crying up to the Lord. Their cry for rescue from slavery came up to God, and God heard their groaning, and God remembered. His covenant with Abraham and with Isaac and with Jacob, God saw the people of Israel and God knew. And if you're a, a Christian, uh, these same things, these this exact same thing can be said about you. If you're a, a, a believer in the Lord Jesus Christ, you are a descendant of Abraham. When, when you are weeping, when you are in trials, when you are in difficulties, God remembers his covenant and he knows the pain that you are currently in. I often just use those four verbs as I'm either dealing with difficulties in my own life or coming alongside of of others that I have opportunity to to minister to, that God hears, God sees, God remembers, God knows. Mm. And those are really the answer to some of the, the struggles of our own heart as we go through the difficulties of life. Does God hear? Does he see? Does he understand? Does he remember me? Does he remember what he said in his word? Does he remember his promises? And in in just one little verse, you you just get this beautiful picture of who God is to his people. He is a God that is not simply transcendent. He's also imminent. He's not just the God that reigns and rules over all things. He's the God that's near. And that is a beautiful picture then of, of how we can 
can go through life knowing that we have a God that understands and sees and hears and remembers. Here's the thing too, like maybe you're listening to the broadcast right now and you're not. So we, we quoted Ecclesiastes 3, 4, there's a time to weep and a time to laugh. Maybe you're in a season of laughing, praise God. Uh, but what the verse is saying is that there will be a season of weeping. And the best way to prepare for that season of weeping is ahead of time. Uh, strengthen mm-hmm. yourself ahead of time. Prepare, just like you would prepare for a vacation or a long trip, you need to prepare for suffering. Right. Uh, and and that goes, you know, parenting, you, you want your children to know that you love them regardless of what they're going through. You know that you want them to know that you're going to be there alongside them, whatever they're going through. It's the same thing when we think about the Lord. We, we don't know why we're going through certain situations and circumstances, but we do know that there's not going to be one who's going to leave us to walk those things alone. Um, and we know that because um, it, it says in, in Romans, there's nothing that can ever separate you from um, his love. And the reason we know that is because uh, the same cha- chapter, Romans 8, tells us that the one who didn't spare his own son but gave him up for us all, how mm. shall he not with him graciously give you all things? And it's a reminder that in the end, uh, we have God's grace, we have his son, we have uh, life everlasting through him. Sometimes when working with our, our children as they go through different situations in their own life, um, my wife and I will will say, well, actually, when we were in middle school or high school, we went through something very similar. Mm-hmm. And we talked through how that went for us and then how that played out and w- what it, it looked like to for us to, to go through what they were going through. And naturally, it's not always the same, but there's similarities. Um, and so we, we work from this principle in Exodus 2 that God hears and sees and remembers and knows. And then God, in the end, says, I want to make sure that they get this. And so I'm going to send my son. And he is going to be acquainted with sorrows and griefs, Isaiah 53. He is going to experience the weaknesses and difficulties of just being a human being, um, Hebrews 4. And what it allows God to do, air quotes, um, is sympathize with our weaknesses, to be able to say, no, I really do understand. I do know because my son experienced it. He lived it. He came to to earth, not just to provide for your salvation, but he also came so that you would have a, a sympathetic high priest that you can come to and and truly know that he knows. And well, maybe maybe the objection would come in the, our listener's mind, yeah, but that was the Son of God. That was that was Jesus Christ, the second person of the Trinity. So his suffering is not like my suffering. That is that is actually not quite the gospel, is it? Uh, Hebrews says that he learned obedience as a man. In, in all of Jesus' sufferings, he didn't he didn't like tap into his divine nature in order to to put a buffer between himself and the pain. No, if he didn't suffer as a man, we couldn't be redeemed. Mm-hmm. A book that's on my re- to read list that I I have not actually picked up yet, but is B.B. Warfield's 
the emotional life of Christ. I, have either one of you read that? I, I have uh, the collection of B.B. Warfield stuff, but I don't believe I've read that section. And so in it, he is going to make the defense of the fact that Jesus Christ did experience all of these various human emotions. So I'm, mm-hmm. I'm really looking forward to it. I think Josh is absolutely correct. He lived life on earth as a human being and experienced the same things that we experience as a human being just without sin. Well, yeah. And I, I think this is one of the most important things to grasp, both um, you know, when we know that Christ has gone through the suffering and that God is um, with us in our suffering. Those are, as you mentioned, Josh, those are things that ought to be drilled down into our own soul mm-hmm. before we get into that situation, because it'll keep us from saying why and simply putting trust in him. I do believe I mentioned the other week uh, when we were together here, you know, when when uh, Jesus comes to Mary and Martha because uh, Lazarus has uh, died, uh, you know, he's greeted right away as he comes into their home, Lord, if you had been here, he wouldn't have died. And they and they throw out the if. Uh, when the thing that will comfort them and and speak to them greatly is just simply throwing themselves on him and saying, Lord, yes, Lord, and, and knowing that he's identifying with him. He came out of that identification. Amen. The good news for all of you listeners is that we will have the book, The Emotional Life of Christ by B.B. Warfield at the Reformation Boise Conference, October 21st and 22nd, and along with a book entitled A Small Book for the Hurting Heart, If nothing else, mark your calendar so that you can pick up these books for Reformation Boise, October 21st, 22nd, and you can get that information at ReformationBoise.com. 